2: Hey
3: everybody, it's Mike from the Astrovert Podcast here, just making a quick announcement that tickets to our live tour, Intro Not with the Astroverts, Conversations of Gladness, are not for sale. That's right. Chicago, New York, L.A., Derry, Maine, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, Yavin 4, 100 Acre Woods, Albuquerque, these are all places that we will not be going to or are fictional locations that do not exist in the real world. (laughs) For all the news of our not tour, follow us on Instagram at Astrovert underscore media, TikTok at Astrovert underscore podcast, or if the outdoor scares you, check out all of our music under Astroverts with an S on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you stream your music. I'd like to begin by saying fuck Lance Armstrong.
1: I've ordered more pills than anyone in the world
2: has. We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold.
0: Is in 17.8, so try to tap your foot to it. Jake Bus. Who the fuck is that guy? That was God disguised as Michael. I mean, you're the star of this Truman
3: show. Mm, shut up, Jake, because it's time for the Astrovert podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing our guest today, Mr. Chris Manderheim.
2: Hello, hello. <laughs> Glad to be here.
3: Oh, this is fun. I'm so happy to have you on here, Chris.
2: He's
0: been talking about this for. We, we we were like making a list of all the different people we were we we're gonna or could even conceivably get on the show. Right at first, and your name came up every time we had the conversation.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I there feel was like so honored it's like you
0: and two other people. We were like, every it was like yeah this this and this. So yes. So what's up, man? That's ai s I didn't notice that poster until right now. Yeah, buddy. By the way, just to tease off laugh- last episode, I offended so many people for saying I don't like dogs that we had a dog on the show. He <laughs> <laughs> just can't come upstairs. Right, I'm yeah. trying to no, he, Another Another he gu- could come guest up. Appearance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very, yeah. Very vocal. It has a lot to say. I'll put it's a, a <laughs> butt put a mic on the dog if he wants. Yeah, eventually <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coda, do you have anything to say about what's going on in Ukraine? Please bark. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: But, yeah, I, I, we walked up here. This is a sick setup, by the way. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love this room so yeah. much. <laughs> the, 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 purple fe- the purple fender really brings back memories. <laughs> was that your Everett guitar?
2: Yeah, so that really? was actually my quarter past eternity guitar. So <laughs> that guitar was where it all began.
3: Uh, for for those who are unaware, Chris was in Everett with me back in the day. We've been playing music for years at this point. Yeah. Decades almost. I was going to say put a timestamp on it because it's about def- 15 yeah, years, it's it, it sounds been like, like. Yeah, 2006. Yeah, like my senior year, I think, is when we
2: first met. I think, well, no, I want to say it was like freshman year of high school when we first started hanging out. Maybe we didn't for really you. Start I, How could it only I'd be for do, him? Because well, I think because he, he's younger than now. Oh, but, yeah. never mind. <laughs> okay. I definitely
3: remember uh, when I was dating that girl, uh, the girl Ashley, mm-hmm. she knew Jeff and then it suggested that we like met up and played yeah, together. It was a
2: lot of mutual friends yeah. and getting together and... Um...
3: I distinctly remember the first time we were supposed to have practice because it was me not knowing where you lived and sitting outside of discount records waiting for you to, like, come by and, like, <laughs> picture, show me. <laughs> it just never turned out. You're like, sorry, man. Things got
2: <laughs> I just remember our first uh, conversation when we were going to um, get together and, and, and jam for the first time. You're like, uh, do you happen to know any Velvet Revolver stuff? And I ended up like learning the whole
3: the whole fucking album the whole
2: album i'm like well what song do you want me to learn you're like oh just just whatever (laughs) is fine i'm like well i don't want to show up unprepared to this jam session so yeah i think that was just
3: like i was like hot on velvet revolver for that split second (laughs) because slither was such a good song do you know what i'm talking about have you ever heard of that it's it was the band i probably have That's but I, it.
0: like it's not ringing a bell Rocks at are all. Kind of
2: like a super group.
0: Yeah, right? that's like,
3: the uh, that's the one with the dude from Stone Temple Pilots yeah. and Slash.
0: Oh, oh, the band I know. I just don't oh, remember the yeah. song.
3: Yeah i i don't I don't know why that would that had nothing to do with anything that we were playing. <laughs> it was a little
0: interesting to hear that be like something you were big into.
3: It's just not anything I could imagine. You oh being yeah, into. I, I That's think I'm... that was. I think that was also like I was uh, like it, you know playing guitar for like two years at this yeah. point, and I was just like anything. Like I was really into metal. It didn't really transform until like the fir- the couple years after <laughs> yeah. we started playing, but all that like hard rock stuff i was just and like i was the guitar solo guy like i like i loved listening to those like older bands you know just like any typical like
2: like i I think around that time too like um pop punk and kind of like the hardcore scene just kind of started getting really popular mm -hmm. like um you know like blink 182 and green day was really popular at that time Mm -hmm. and then Uh, thrice and like papa roach and all those yeah i uh, I mean i remember hearing
3: thrice for the first time
2: early 2000s yeah
3: i remember hearing them for the first time at like my it's like my aunt's party like her birthday party they had a radio they had q101 on
2: the back and they played uh all that's left Mm -hmm. i was like
3: oh my god what is
2: this yeah i want to say like artists in the ambulance was like everybody's theme song like back in high school (laughs) that album's the shit yeah it's so good
3: um, but yeah, we played, how long did we play for? Until like
2: 2013, maybe? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, well we had a couple different groups starting out. And then we did the Quarter Pass Eternity was when we kind of like fell into a group where we had enough members to actually start writing our own songs mm-hmm. and like making an EP. And I want to say that was like towards... That was definitely my... Maybe like 2006, 2007. Yeah, that and was like my senior
3: year, me and Pat's senior year.
2: You know, we really we spent probably two, three years just trying to develop our own sound, which uh, we really didn't know what direction we were leaning towards until we actually did start building upon Everett, which I want to say was maybe like 2008, 2009 yeah. is when we kind of like started really working at, like, an EP demo with a couple other guys, uh, Pat McCrone and uh, Brandon Pia and that K. Well,
3: they came later on. When we switched to Everett, we had Josh. I think we switched to Everett when Josh came over because I was doing yeah. screams and singing, and then we quickly nipped that in the butt because mm-hmm. I don't know how to do one of those.
2: <laughs> I know there was a short period of time where I even dabbled a little bit at trying to to scream and sing and I'm like I just can't put the guitar and vocals together right now <laughs> yeah it's something that I'm glad I gave
3: up on early yeah screaming scream like I could do lows I I, I love doing that just because it's funny and then all of the noises that metal screamers could do is your blahs and your eos and <laughs> yeah uh your your o's and whatnot but the actual <gasps> like the the concept of doing it constantly is just like I mean it we have. I, I told you off mic. We have all. I have all archived all He's quarter all past the files. Yeah, and Everett stuff. So we could definitely listen to a few of how terrible I was at screaming.
2: Yeah, I mean the the progression from our early recordings up until the last few recordings that we did with Everett, just from development and different uh, recording processes, and then everybody kind of honing into their instrument um it's really like night and day between what our early recordings were compared to our final recordings which i think was the last recording that had been in like 2011, 2012. yeah uh, at a what was um, it, connor gage's twelve gauge studio i think is what it's called it
0: sounds very familiar to me
3: yeah yeah it was I, I, his his recording stuff was like he was really really good yeah that's qual the sound quality it definitely especially if you lit like I I would tell you, I've told you before, the like quarter past eternity stuff, the recordings are not good. And I feel like the guy that we recorded with had no idea how to yeah. manage a metal band. Okay. Because that's the, that's the guy that, like, he's like, oh, you guys use distortion? You can just, like, plug your metal zone pedals from the guitar directly into the computer. Yeah, that, was, that was awful. <laughs> the- <So>
2: that's <laughs> not how signal channeling works. But, hey. I mean the amount of distortion that we had On that album was it's just so like It was so <laughs> just like
0: Which like, would Which would be your favorite yeah, track for me one? to play Because we've what we
3: got addressed is enough uh, uh What I don't even remember The name of these songs well, here. We're Jesus. gonna listen to how two right.
0: cities are born Because that was the first thing that popped out to me Oh
3: Damn Oh yeah this is this is probably the best one that we've written <laughs> And then it's all this downhill. One song was called Chuck Norris. I wasn't <laughs> <here>. <laughs> You could tell what year it was. There's some of those metal zone pedals.
1: <laughs>
3: <sighs> Just hissing.
0: The album artwork is very that time period as oh, well. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Grim <laughs> yeah. Reaper. Oh, yeah.
2: We were so edgy. <laughs> Are you guys, like, a Christian band or something?
3: (laughs) Did you get a question like that? We played this place called The Hub. I don't know if you remember. It was, like, a skate park slash venue in in, uh, Orland. Or, no, Hokkaido.
1: Jesus Christ.
3: Was that you? That's me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's actually, like, way better than I expected.
1: (laughs) It's not
2: good. We also used the same Metal Zone pedal on the vocals as well. Yeah. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, this place we played this place. I think it was the first <laughs> <laughs> This is so bad. I think it was the first show that uh okay. I booked or that we booked like ourselves. Okay. It was, that uh,
2: venue was actually Pretty sweet venue. Oh, it was awesome! It's like, like a uh, skate park mixed with live music. Yeah, and, and, and
3: like the live stuff was like upstairs, so you can like look down on the the skate park as like where the concert's at. Okay, and uh that's actually sick. I mean, the the show was a lot of fun. I like I booked basically like every big local band that I remember. And uh, like it was, there's this band Terrorize that like was huge. I've heard in, of them. Yeah, yeah that was their last show. It was fucking wild. So, I okay. mean, they're like Dillinger basically, just like a like a not as mathematical version. I guess. Okay. But, um, but then, but yeah, this old guy who was running it, like we we got there and he was like. What's your, your band name? Is quarter past eternity. and We're like, yeah. We're like, you like a Christian band? <laughs> it's just exactly like that. And for what and that is just been like the Christian. It was so funny. We're like, no, yeah, no, not, not at all. Um, what am I doing? I, would- <laughs> I
0: think your screaming matches this music style way better than your pretty voice. It's yeah. Just like, why is that guy singing so nicely over so nice over all of these metal zone pedals?
3: But this, Man, dude, this, how
0: old were you? We, 18? Yeah. This is good. You're 18 years old. Like, what, what do you want?
3: This is, I've honestly, I probably should have listened to it beforehand to give me, like, prep myself. But okay. But this is, like, this is fucking
2: weird. <laughs> Seriously, this yeah, is. I, I completely forgot about these songs.
3: Yeah. I just I wanted to put that part of our like just put it behind us. A lot of it also was like I think my friend Veronica was like grammatically quarter past eternity it doesn't make sense to be P A S S E B, right? And I was like shit. <laughs> we already put it on t-shirts. Oh <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> oh, there you go, Chris. <laughs> I um do, do you I I passed out I, at least all the ones that I had, I passed out all those t-shirts at like a band camp one year. Mm-hmm. We, the, the, we had one pair of merch from Quarter Pass Eternity. I think we sold maybe two shirts. Nice. I definitely remember the first person we ever sold something to, which was exciting. But they were, I, I think it, like we had like a drawing. It was like a city on fire, but it was like, a, like somebody drew it. Yeah. And we assumed that when we like gave it to the person, they would like make it look Better, but they just took that drawing and put it on a t shirt. I was like, This is not that good at all. (laughs)
2: They didn't really utilize the space of the T shirt either. No, it was so tiny. We had this little drawing on like almost kinda like a post postcard. Yeah. And they just printed the postcard right onto the shirt. And then take up half the space of the t shirt at all. So, <laughs> all like yes. the fine detail in the drawing, we're like, okay. It was so stupid.
3: <laughs> it was so dumb. We've had, we just had horrible luck with t shirts. Yeah. Because the other, the other, we had the one that actually was, you can't fuck up. Because it was just said, it was a black shirt and it just said Everett going down the side in white lettering. So oh, that's smart. Yeah. So, how oh, do you can. fuck that you up? You can't fuck that up. The other one, which I liked, they fucked up the, the shirt and they put, they yeah, gave us I like was, tan shirts? Yeah, instead I was of so
2: fl- disappointed <laughs> with that. I don't know why they gave us tan shirts. Yeah. But we had this really great graphic tee with like a, almost kind of like a willow tree on there with like uh, the Everett writing t- uh, in yeah, the branches. Like birds and out and shit like that. Yeah, it was an awesome t shirt. And it was supposed to be on a black tee, and they printed it uh, white. White background on like a sand shirt. You could barely even see the graphic part of yeah, it. it was so, such a weird color so choice. Dumb. And, and we, we had ended so up, many of yeah, them. Yeah, we ended up doing <laughs> like, I think it was like 150 or 200 shirts. Like if you got over 100 shirts, they gave you like a discount, like a 50% okay. yeah. discount on it. So we're like, oh, this is an awesome graphic. Let's just go all out. We'll order like, you know, 25 or 30 of each size. And yeah, we'll when we received another- them, we were so excited. And then, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, <laughs> probably should have sent him back, but I I didn't really know any better. We at just the time. started passing
3: them out at shows. Yeah. at a certain point, no one's gonna buy it. It's an eyes. It was literally an eyesore. Like right. looking at it, it like was very straining to see what was actually on the t-shirt.
0: Okay, it sounds like it could be nice. Like even if it were just instead of white, it was black with sand. And you could at least see it then. Yeah, you that would have like okay. Any other combination could have worked except the <laughs> yeah. exact yeah, one you exactly. got. Yeah, exactly. And then you just got these fucky t-shirts.
3: <laughs> Did BSH ever had t-shirts? Yes,
0: we have one. Oh, can I have one? Uh, I have no idea how many are left. That is completely Terry's department,
3: Terry. I know But you're, we'll look into it. Terry, I know you're listening. I need yeah. an extra large. <laughs> it's just our. Um,
0: <laughs> it's our signals EP logo. The turtle. That, the turtle. I mean, it's a it's an island in a in the sky. But, yeah, the turtle. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just in gray. Okay. Yeah. Damn, man. Actually, I my sister wears it all the time. Like, I went to see her at the hospital,
3: and, like, she walked down to the lobby in the BSH t-shirt. Nice. Like, this is great promotion. Right? <laughs> this is, this is where my audience is at, in this hospital. Right.
2: <laughs> I think that was uh, a big deal for a lot of local bands, too, is to try to have some type of, like... Merchandise. N- merchandise and marketing... To kind of like keep your, put your brand out there and keep people interested and coming back to your shows and stuff. And I think that was a big focus point for us, not only just the music, but to, you know, kind of have something to give to to the fans that would come come out every show i th- I,
3: was, I was talking about that the other day with somebody how like back back then i never like the whole. remember eventually we did like the everett lounge and all these yeah. other like stuff where we like take pictures and shit with people like i like at, in my head like back then i was like this doesn't make any sense because i was i was very headstrong on like if our music's good people are gonna fucking love us no matter what yeah and those now, were the days nowadays I'm like, like looking back, I'm like, oh, we were just doing what bands are doing now, but they charge money for it. Like yeah. the VIP section where it's like, oh, pay $200 and hang out with August Burns Red for 15 minutes and then yeah. take a picture. Well, I think up. like
2: the big goal for me with like kind of investing in a lot of that too was the small investment you'd put in in t-shirts or, you know, posters or stickers or anything like that would eventually turn around with helping us with uh, studio time and traveling from show to show. Um, The more shows that we booked, the harder it was to, you know, do like three or four shows a night and then pay for the gas in the truck to Mm -hmm. get us there and everything. And a lot of our merchandise helped us, you know, continue playing shows and and being able to, you know, um, hit two or three venues in in a weekend or or work on the next recording. So, I mean that—that that for any type of local band is a great, great way to make s- some additional revenue because most bands don't usually make too much from actually playing the event.
3: Go ahead.
0: There are so few like ways to actually monetize writing m- music
3: nowadays, especially. It's,
0: yeah, it's it's even worse now. But even then, like, you had to come into the you, you'd cut like especially when you guys are talking you're in your m- mid-teens and you're coming in with no capital to fund what you need to fund more than likely not like like you have introductory introductory instruments and shit so you need to upgrade your equipment you need to pay for shirts you i mean you need to pay for gas yeah. to get to the venues which is it's a thing yeah um you need to pay for studio time, and you guys are kids making this all work out. This is such a wild business. When you zo- when you just take it, take one step back from it, and yeah. just try to watch it from the outside. What are they all doing? Was also, They're all throwing their money. And them. that
3: was like fifteen, you know, fifteen, eighteen years ago, or something yeah. like that. where, like nowadays, it's so different. Like I, I, don't understand how to navigate the landscape that we're trying to navigate because it just seems like it's like you're throwing an album out into the void that is this. Big swirling pot of music that's coming from everywhere, where it's like that local, that idea yeah, of the local aspects, like well, that doesn't exist. No, I mean
2: social media has just exploded so much in between the different platforms, from you know doing podcasting like this, or or you know TikTok, or Snapchat, or YouTube, or any of these other platforms. When you know we started putting together. Uh, a band and going out and playing shows and stuff you know the only thing at the time really was like soundcloud and myspace to like get your um your music out there do, uh, do you remember how sick our myspace was yeah i mean <laughs> myspace was like the ticket back then we we put a lot of time into um you know trying to make our myspace look like a professional band right and
0: and, um, that you know what? But that was a whole other thing you had to learn. Like you essentially needed a goddamn marketing oh, degree,
3: and you were fourteen. Oh yeah, I took yeah, I took, H, I took like HTML class in high school yeah. to learn how to do that properly. Right? Yeah, which is now completely useless. Right? Oh yeah. yeah,
2: it's kind of funny how many hours you spend like trying to come up with a code. Like I just want to get this flyer out on my my space yeah. Yeah. like how do you jpeg like stupid. how do you like download this on you there? didn't know how to make a
3: fucking poster
2: yeah, like, yeah. Like a
0: show poster our
3: posters were dumb they were I
2: was every like, local
0: band's posters were all of the posters
3: especially for the quarter past attorney ones I was yeah. still in high school they were all done by paint like yeah. in, in microsoft paint. yeah and just be like drawing stick figures as something really stupid that's happening and then all the information's at the top
2: yeah, it looks really good on the screen and then once you print it out super pixelated.
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: You're like, like that this? doesn't even exist anymore now. <laughs> you like, don't
0: don't know what, what resizing an image even means? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: i like crazy what? shit like that.
3: What's this?
0: This is Chuck Norris. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you can have a song called Chuck Norris and we don't
3: play it. <laughs> I told I should have yeah. looked over this beforehand. You should have. I don't because I don't know how this sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Same. This is what it sounds like. What is that symbol he's hitting? It's a symbol. And I'm, Are it, we sure? It might be an aluminum tray.
2: <laughs> this was. This was when uh, the miniature Chinas were really. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. like. yeah, not that's a, true. Yeah, it sounds like
0: a like a 12 inch Wuhan China. <laughs> it sounds like a 25 dollar symbol. They were great. I still, I have two Wuhan splashes that I've had for like nine years. Yeah, yeah, they sound great.
3: I don't. I'm sure I've heard it. I've heard you play it's on it on the kit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, where is this going? I don't remember. Um, yeah, this was, I think, the all of Quarter Past Eternity plus the first recordings of Everett was, I think it was the four of us were pretty much, it was me, Chris, Pat, and then our buddy Chuck, whose who's actual name is Sean. I don't know, I actually don't remember why we started, everyone called him Chuck. Oh, wait, there was another Sean in marching
2: band. That yeah, I was going to say, there was a couple Sean's Shans in your marching band. Yeah. And he just decided he wanted to be called Chuck, yeah. so. <laughs> but, uh, um... Oh
3: god, the. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. and Then when, whenever it, because it was the four of us in Quarter Past Eternity. Then we got Josh. And that's when we changed our name. Mm-hmm. I definitely. I want to hear one of these RT guitar stuff songs too. I forgot. Oh, I, that, pop that on next. I forgot that he did like that service. Yeah. To like.
0: That was a good way was, to get it. EP. I was gonna say that's yeah. like,
2: That was like our first. A lot of the songs that we never recorded were. On that live event, yeah. which is pretty awesome to go to a show and then you know yeah. leave with a recording after you play. Yeah,
3: and yeah, there was a lot of stuff. I think that there was some stuff that we were working on at that point that was eventually we were going to put on the Everett stuff. Because there's one song in particular I fucking I still love. It's that the Anatomy song. Yeah, that song is really good. And it, Jesus.
2: I think with like the progression from. Our quarter past eternity into Everett, um, We kind of dissected a lot of the songs that, because there was a lot of like verses and different portions of songs that we kind of like took these good portions, good verses of the songs, and kind of made them into like a, uh, a better version of that. Yeah. I guess.
3: I I forgot that we were actually using, um, Southern County Kills, equipment. That's why there's so <laughs> much distortion because they had all of that like Norma Jean's yeah. distortion going on. <laughs> These, I mean, so, I mean, I, the the tones aside, this actually didn't sound too bad. Yeah. For what it is, I can't remember how much it actually. It was well, pretty. cheap. I want to say
2: I don't even think this was at the time. I don't even think they burned it to a CD. I want to say this one on a tape.
1: Uh, What? Really?
2: Because if I remember correctly, on his mixer, his mixer had, like, the old-style, like, four-inch tape deck, and you would put a tape in there and just press record, and it would record right out of the mixer. Um.
3: (laughs) That's great. That makes me so happy. I didn't remember that at all. What else did we do on this thing? A here's
0: tape recorded mixer. A tape recorder mixer. Here's here's your uh, our live RT guitars
3: bill. Uh, oh, that's The room is burning. I don't know what that is. What's that beat? I can't.
0: Between us?
3: <laughs> I'm just sorry. Right. This just is listening definitely to the, like, the time <laughs>
2: where I thought that more guitar solos were like the best thing to have in the <laughs> song. I gotta put a sweep everywhere. <laughs> You do <laughs> like it? Just put the most obnoxious guitar solo, just not even, not even like mapped out or anything, and just just It's Not even
0: really a solo. You're just gonna noodle here, Yep type thing, <laughs> yeah. I think we need more of that. I love that shit. Just the noodles. I like live improvisation though.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't think we had. We didn't. Our 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 sets. Because I, I would I would gloat about when we would have our like. Saturday nine to five. Yeah, like, you know, going over to Chuck's was house. Everett, yeah. not uh... yeah, that yeah once because that was like when we got out of when we finished high school, we got Josh and we were like trying to make it, trying to be serious. We, uh, uh, I would go over to Chuck's house at like nine in the morning when he wouldn't have marching band and like pick his wake his ass up. We drive over to Chris's and we do like like you know hour blocks of writing just, like, tightening stuff. I think at some point, this probably wasn't the Chuck era, but um, when Dave came in, we started doing, like... Love the Chuck era. We left the Chuck era, and we started doing the uh, the synchronized throwing down practices. We, like, what songs could we, like, throw our guitars up in the air at the same time? <laughs> it's called yeah, choreography. I mean, yeah, buddy.
2: Yeah, I want to say the, the more shows we started playing, the more we kind of focused on our stage presence... Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the early days we were more focused on just like trying to write songs that, from start to finish, just had a nice layout with your verse, chorus, yeah, and, and uh, climax and everything to the song. And then eventually, with with playing more shows, we finally kind of got in a groove of having some type of stage performance and even like choreography like you said of Mm -hmm. just like trying to throw the guitars up in the air at the same time and um I know I I spent probably a month trying to learn how to do a guitar flip I I remember watching a music video of like story of the year at the time and I'm like (laughs) that is the coolest thing I've ever seen I want to try that and I don't know how many like Uh, guitar straps and and just guitars that I ruined trying to figure out how to do a guitar flip I still remember it was like it was the glorious
3: most glorious moment I've ever seen where you go to do your guitar flip and it's like you you timed it before a solo and the strap came out from you and it was like basically like the guitar came around and as it was looping forward the strap came off so it started you know, going into the crowd, and you just like reached out, grabbed it, and then just immediately jumped into there. It was like, <laughs>
2: that was like one of the scariest moments ever. Cause at that time, I was still playing the Fender Stratocaster, which that is a very solid body. Yeah, guitar. the thing is heavy. It, it is fuck. very heavy. And when that strap broke loose, and I'm like, oh my God, this is like my prized possession guitar. And I, I can't believe I caught that to this day, but there's been some definitely comical moments of, uh, guitar flips in our time. Um, I don't know if you remember when we had Ryan was singing for us briefly, and <laughs> I did a guitar <laughs> yeah. flip and there was a portion of the song where it was like, every time that portion of the song came around, I would do a guitar flip for, cause it was the perfect break where I could flip the guitar, catch it and get back on time. And, uh, he happened to like walk right in my path of when I did the guitar flip, and just the neck of the guitar came around and just caught him right in the ear, <laughs> oh, and he just started oh bleeding god. everywhere. And I'm like, oh my god! I just like ripped this guy's ear off. This was his and he first continued show to sing. It yeah. was like hell probably yeah, probably the first or second song yeah. in the set, and he finished the set out. And I'm like, wow, this. <laughs> this this kid's an animal. Too. The show's got to go on. I think the problem was is we our our stage
3: setup was swapped. Yeah, because you were usually on the other side where you didn't have anyone to your left when you did. So a you flip. used to throw into your so left, so you could just yeah. throw it anywhere. Whereas I was, we was, for whatever reason were on opposite ends, and yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty wild. I will say.
2: Yeah, I think at the when I first started doing the guitar flips, I used to just you know, go, uh, neck of the guitar first over, over my left shoulder. And eventually I started doing the reverse flip because it was a lot easier yeah. to catch. And I wouldn't have as much of a you know problem getting <laughs> caught up on a guitar cable or a microphone or anything like that. Coda? Cause you're
0: trying to catch the body instead of the neck.
3: <laughs> He's upset. What's going on down there? there? Is Sally fall down the well? Like,
2: what? I like out? how
0: when you start talking to the dog, it just glares at you.
2: Get, he like just he probably, he'd probably be better actually if I moved the gate you just just can't. let him kind of move around because I mean if you don't care, I mean it's your home Yeah, it's yeah, just, a sh- short intermission. Yeah. yeah, it
3: doesn't matter. Um I guess while we're doing that, uh I already showed you I'm hoping next week that song that I worked on yesterday will be done and then we can premiere it. Do um, we have a title? Albatross. Albatross. Yes. I could. It's a bird. We'll do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. we'll do a little little sneak peek. I'll just skip ahead just ever so slightly. It's literally just nasty. it's literally just vocals. There's nothing like I haven't uh, when we were working on it the other night. I um, oh shit!
0: It's that boy. It's,
3: it's that boy. Ooh, careful! Watch your tail now. Come on, come on. Oh, no. no. (laughs) We're still good. We're still good. I hope. He's destructive. Destructive.
0: Like like a movie soundtrack. Yeah. But in a nice way. Yep.
3: (laughs) This song will officially go into my I'm in an indie movie playlist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I I just have to do the vocals on it, um, which it was just too late for us to actually get right. it done then. And then um, the you could put, you could
0: make an excuse for not putting in enough hours. It's okay. No, it, I'm fucking with. You.
3: <laughs> I just don't want to go too late because there's people that are still like living there and stuff. But there's people living there. There's people living there. I don't need to be blaring my trumpet for so long. Hi, Koda, calm down. No, I'm not, you're just gonna sit right by me. How about that? Come here. Sit. I think go, it's gonna go, be the most go, interesting go. part of the okay. show. Oh my god. It's when
0: you hang out with the dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's too excited. How old is he? Um he he's is... wild. Just turned two in February, Okay, so I could kind of tell. Two, two-year-old German shepherd, yeah. full of energy. Just nothing this but Hi. Yeah, don't whip and around. You're
3: going to pull our shit down again. About, okay. the size, <laughs> about the
0: size of an adult, but with absolutely no control. Yeah. So, <laughs> or spatial <laughs> yes, Zero self-control. He's probably
2: about 100, 115 pounds Damn. now, and he just loves everybody. But yeah. He is, just doesn't realize how big he actually is. Like, he thinks he's a chihuahua. Right. He yeah, still thinks he's, he's like a baby. He's a full-grown dog.
0: Yeah. She's just linebackering Mike right now. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm,
3: yeah I'm trying to yeah.
2: – I'm
0: playing the
3: defense on there, trying right. to keep the <laughs> yeah, he's thing gonna, from he's coming coming going over. over. to fight.
0: That's absolutely true.
3: Oh, Coda. But, yeah, um, so hopefully that song will be done for next week. Because we, I, I want to premiere it on the podcast before we put it up on all of the Spotify? other social medias. Social medias um do what other i want to hear one more quarter pass oh you want another quarter pass yeah i I don't i don't know oh okay i just i'm now i'm just like oh what is it i'm
2: like (laughs) what are all these names i'm actually really excited to hear these songs because i i had a couple of these on a cd somewhere and i haven't listened to them in probably it's had to be at least like 10 years now
3: yeah I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll send you. This. It's, it's, it's like
2: I'm curious to hear what what's going to be next. I
3: know it's I, it's. I forgot about all this stuff. I'll, I'll send you the files for these so you can. Uh...
0: Okay, this is a good tone.
3: This sounds very good. Oh wait, I remember this song. <laughs>
2: kind of got a little bit of like a taking back Sunday feel. It too. does. Like, why do you
3: have to like push at me with your teeth? I I, I do remember the song. I think it has like the one time I actually, my low sounded really cool, but the rest of it is just like everything else. will <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're in this one too. Yeah. You singing? No, he's screaming. Oh, that's, that's Chris.
2: Okay. You sound like you're dying. I think this was like my first attempt of actually <laughs> like screaming. It's, a, it's like violent. Like
0: Nick was explaining to me like the actual like structural mechanism behind screaming, and I was like, I don't even understand it. I don't know how I would. If you were like, hey, scream. I would just start yelling as loud as I could.
3: Yeah, I've seen- I've tried watching, like, videos, and I know there's, like, actual, like, books and shit out that, yeah. uh, that lets you- that gives, like, explanations on how to do it without properly hurt right. your vocal cords and stuff. I don't think we were doing that. I'm pretty sure we were just- am <laughs> pretty sure we were just yelling. We were just screaming as loud as we could.
0: That was a cool change.
3: Oh yeah, here comes that low. <laughs> I have I'm definitely gonna listen to the rest of these when I get home later yeah <laughs> and then it goes back to this yeah this not this but this one's definitely coming back to me
2: I we definitely we had, actually like really liked this song it, it needed a little bit of format in, in a way you know, yeah the transitions are very abrupt.
3: Yeah, and everything is very like it's uh uh very choppy. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> But I think we had we had a way better uh experience with Ryan when we did the the uh was it, the Into the Skies E P and then yeah. the act, and then the Saints and Sinners album. You have a very um Coheed like voice here too. I wasn't I actually didn't project as much as I do now. Okay. Cause this is also like I I, I blame my my like loudness on uh like brass like playing brass. Right. And just from this I think you know, like playing for five or six years as compo- as opposed to now like getting like, you know, hitting twenty plus years,
2: like I'm just I'm so much louder than I normally am. Right. I actually really enjoyed your vocal on this this song. Mm -hmm. And I think this song was probably the first one we really started getting into doing the low, chuggy breakdown. Yeah. Because I I
3: was into that, but it never came out in the writing. This is the first, like, really... Is that you or Chris? It sounds like it's two voices. I think... That's you. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I never really... at the time. Yeah. Look, for a 16-year-old unprayed like, screamer, this is, like, it's, so... It's doing well. Oh, my... Like, so Norman Jean. Like, first album, yeah. like, Memphis, World were delayed, were, yeah. like, just... Oh. <laughs> like, I, wo- I love ooh. that album at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even just like the repeated like, lines my over daily, and over uh, yeah. commute
2: album that I listened to on the way to high school just get bumped. Yeah. You, you can do- hear you can
3: hear like the influences of what we were listening yeah. to at the time as they're like coming out of that stuff.
2: Those were the days when you could just drive to school and listen to one album. It's like, how can we put Taking Back Sunday with Norma Jean? Okay.
3: Yeah. We'll just do that without any explanation. <laughs> but yeah, so then um <clears throat> there was a there was a brief was it maybe like about a year or so where when Chuck left and we were trying to find a drummer or maybe a little bit shorter than that? that's when we got Kenny.
2: Um, well we, I would say for at least about six months to a year, we auditioned quite a few drummers at the time. I want to say, um, Ben David drummed with us for a little while. And, um, then uh Blake yeah. uh, was with us for a little while. And then we finally stumbled upon Kenny. And um I wanna say so Kenny he, I'm not sure did did he uh record with us? We got um Yeah, that's actually
3: what I'm looking for right now. He did two songs. This one's my favorite. Yeah, the, 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 the tone okay. quality was a lot better Sounds, on yeah. this one going into yeah, it. I want
2: to say, is, we, so we we recorded with Ryan Zier from the Mercy Rule, and, and we did a couple recordings with like Lost Anthology and yeah. some of the other uh, local bands that we played with. And uh, then I think after that recording with him... We started recording with um, Matt
3: McWilliams and Nick Wolves. You know. Yes. Yeah, that was,
2: the, that was when
3: Dave and Brandon came into the band. Yeah. So I think we were with Ryan. Most of the Ryan recordings was like the Josh era of Everett. Yes.
2: And then what? <laughs> well, I want to say, too, is It that, was fantasy football. <laughs> um, so we recorded a few songs with Ryan... When Josh was still uh, our vocalist at the time. And then we ended up re recording those same songs in McWoa's studio. And I think we also did the same thing when we transitioned to Dave Kaywall. Yes. So we have a couple different um, recordings of the same songs that kind of progressed into its final version. Yeah. Because I know at
3: least that I can think of a. Uh, Gather is we have a there's a Dave version and a Josh version. Yes. This one we didn't redo, which I kind of wish we, this this was like one of my favorite ones that we wrote, mainly because of how Kenny was playing. I loved this drawing Yes. And then he just it's unfortunate that he was abducted by aliens and just disappeared. <laughs> like literally just I I've never been ghosted so hard by like a male <laughs> like <laughs> or, or a like, female. Yeah. But, like, collectively, like, it, it was, like, was a crazy was time nice. too, because
2: oh, yeah. we used to, like, religiously record or for practice for, like, four to, four to eight hours mm-hmm. um, a day, like, two or three times a week. So when he just stopped showing up to our jam sessions, we're like, "What happened to this?" Yeah, we were genuinely
3: worried. Like we went. He might his, have died. We went to his work, and like he would, like like stopped working or something like that, or they said they haven't seen him. It was very strange. He just like just stopped playing for whatever reason. Oh shit! Like, he, but like instead of being like, "Hey guys, I'm not going to do this anymore," he just stopped talking.
0: Well, what if I told you we had him on the line right now? <laughs> 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 That I wish I could have pulled something like that up. That would that be hilarious. Fucking...
1: That'd
3: be so well, funny. Who, who we do have on the line right now? Yeah, Coda. Coda, tell me. Oh God. No, 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 no. No, stop <laughs> it. Stop it. <laughs> speak it to the mic. Here. <laughs> Just say something. Don't, Don't eat it. it.
0: <laughs> you put a thing in front of a dog's face. What did he's you think to happen? Uh,
2: he's actually pretty good with the speak command. Yeah. Coda. Speak. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's not what I wanted,
0: Mist. but all right. Sure. We're going to have to get you a new mic cover sure. after this. Yeah, right. Oh, Sit. it's so
3: slobbery. Oh, the Gene Simmons tongue
2: You're on this disgusting. dog. You're disgusting. Speak?
0: Yeah, Can you this speak? is is that a German Shepherd thing with a long to- tongue?
2: I, I have no idea because
0: I've I've I mean I've never spent much time He's around just German Shepherds. So goddamn. thrilled right now that yeah. there's people
2: over and right just wants to know what's going on and hang out. But we'll tell you what's going on. Coda, this That's is a podcast.
3: Baby. It's like a it's like radio, but you don't have to be there immediately live. Yeah, is what Michael's trying to say. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do want to play... Can we play one song uh, before we leave the Chuck era? Because... What is it? uh, It's on... We're we're still on the demo? uh, No, if you go back to uh, Saints and (laughs) Sinners.
0: Oh, these aren't in order. These are in alphabetical order. What do you
3: want? uh, AV virus. Yeah. This was probably... We're still in the Chuck era.
0: Okay, of course, the hand with the eye. Yeah, that's... Always always a... uh,
3: Always a... Hardcore thing. That's why, yeah, and I, like that, and that's what I mean. Like this design would have actually been perfect if we had if if we ordered those shirts and they fucked it up. It would have been okay if it was like this. Like I actually, I'm, I kind of wish that we did that. Yeah, that but hand. white on tan that would have looked stupid. This um no, like if the, the shirt was tan and then it just had like the hand with the Everett thing going.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, this is the patented drum that right. uh, Chuck drumming part as well.
0: It, that also looks a lot like uh, a couple different Linkin Park covers. Does it?
3: Yeah. There's not. That's not a giant robot. Here's Meteoria. I thought Meteoria was just like a picture of somebody spray painting something.
0: I could no. I, I, I could be wrong on which element it is, but the world will never know because I'm not looking into it. The up. world will
3: never know. Just like how many licks it takes to get to the Tootsie Roll Center with Tootsie Pop? Ah, the classic Today's sponsor, Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pops. You want to disappoint kids when they're coming to your door this Halloween? Just give them a bunch of Tootsie Rolls. Kids don't like it. Adults do for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, this this was my favorite that we did on this album.
2: Yeah, I think as for, like, the recording quality, this is where we finally, like started getting a nice clean mix yeah and i want to say even this this album we started getting into some type of like sound effects and more like mixing mm-hmm. stuff to really bring out different tones and the uh in the record
3: although looking back i feel weird writing anything about the military Cause I, I think I think this is I don't someone. Well, that'd be weird
0: because you were never in the military. Exactly, but it's like yeah. someone
3: I, I think it was like someone that I knew, like like died recently, like okay. or not recently, but during like at that during time when you like, wrote it, when, over in during the war, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's like at, like looking back, it's slutter sort of cringy because I'm like I'm a child. What am I even saying?
0: You're allowed to have feelings then too, though. Yeah. I mean, shit, yeah. it's all right.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: People people who, you know, have never written lyrics I don't feel like really get the chance to judge lyrics mm. We were this argument at work um, Not an argument, it was just a couple people who really hated Taylor Swift And I, I was just like, hold on, stop Do you know how hard it is to write a single song? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, do that ten times each year for ten years. Yeah. Regardless of what you think, of what it sounds like, that shit's hard, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always pull the I write songs,
2: you don't, therefore I'm right. (laughs) I think in this song, too, this was the first song that I actually, like, took the time to write, like, a melodic solo that kind of fit the – the uh body of the song there towards the end mm-hmm.
3: yeah that, that i did i love that lead at the end there that and then the, the layering on because we did that was we did a lot more production like doing extra layers of guitar parts and all that yeah, stuff definitely started tipping our dipping our toes into how to properly record without um, our metal zone pedal comfort zone
0: <laughs> and just kind of like your your play style you can really hear it having evolved from mm-hmm quarter past eternity and even with this is oh eight right this is yeah. the, the ep Did yeah the this, was
3: a, this was a couple years afterwards okay that's why that's i think that's the reason why we changed the name was because we are our, our style got like well not i don't think our style got better we just got better as writers yeah. and like understood like <clears throat> structure a little bit more
2: well i think we we were having a tough time trying to find our own unique sound and and where we wanted to be because each one of us all listened to a different variety of music. So when we wrote songs, we never really, you know, there's a lot of times where you would come to practice with a song that you started writing or I would come to practice with a song or, or somebody would, you know, vice versa would come to practice with a song and they would be um, whatever their inspiration was at the time would bring that to the table. And then it was like trying to find our own unique sound together as a group and i think when we finally started writing our songs in the actual practice space and collaborating together rather than having like a full song finished and just like bringing it to the table yeah i'm notorious for that when we started like collaborating as a group and each person was like writing their songs together like we would if we were in the studio um really kind of branded our own our own unique sound
3: I think the last two songs that we did, what that was, because a, a lot of the stuff in the that we recorded with Matt on the, um, what did we end up calling that EP? I don't even remember.
0: Hold on, I went back one,
3: uh, two more. Uh, maybe just demos. No, well, that's one of them, but that's not it. Uh, oh, oh, brother. Oh, brother. When we, I think that's when we started to do.
0: These are really, like, Ice Nine Kills title tracks, or titles.
3: I was going to say, (laughs) put this (laughs) one, I fucking just love this song. This wasn't my favorite at the time, but now that I've listened back to it, like, I fucking love this shit. I don't want to be the... We
2: actually got the opportunity to perform with them a couple of times back at uh, Vada Brew in Midlothian. It's one of my Uh, favorite venues.
3: It's nice. It's really nice. It's still there, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, this you guys use the wrong form of prey. I know oh. we were
3: talking about your use of
0: oh, yeah. words earlier. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Probably. <laughs> Son of a bitch. We should have took an English class. <laughs> <laughs> or had at a proofreader. I don't know. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, this is or the... just don't choose
0: words that have double two ways to spell it. That's, that's usually what I do. <laughs> that's I yeah, know I don't fuck it up. That's, what yeah, that's our problem.
3: Uh, but yeah, this was when with when Kenny. Uh, you know, was was taken back to his underground lairs and never seen again. We got Brandon as our drummer. What was Brandon? I can't remember Brandon, Brandon's last name.
2: Uh, Pia.
3: Yes. He, although, after the band stopped, we, he disappeared, but at least he was there the whole time. Yeah. I haven't spoken to him since the band broke up, I think. He well, what kinda... if I told you we had Brandon oh. on the phone right now? <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs> This is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Our next contestant
2: is right.
3: <laughs> Wait, well, yeah, all this stuff we recorded at McWoo Studios, which uh, back when Matt was doing like the the recording stuff, not just the live sound. Yeah, I think this this turned out pretty well. I think there's there's I my issues. I have so many different versions of it that I mm-hmm. almost lost in time. I'm not sure what the actual final product was. I, yeah. Aside from this one. This one, I, it was like the only one that we had with that. And then, um,
2: I just remember that the solo lick in the song took me probably like 16 hours of <laughs> just recording take after take trying to get a nice clean take on it. It's the worst, man. That's what I was talking about earlier, too, with, like, trying to get more into, like, uh, mixing things and having, like, the reverse uh, cue in on there and the vocals and cymbals. It's, It's just I love that breakdown when it comes in.
3: This uh, that's actually and it kind of me and Kyle were talking about it yesterday when we were doing that stuff. It's interesting. Like I never, at least how when I write, I never think of all of that kind of auxiliary shit that could make yeah. the song better. Oh, that's immediate what I think of because uh, that usually happens after the fact. Because I'll listen to it uh-huh. and then I'll be like, oh, this will be yeah. cool if we did that or this or that. But like when it comes to like the actual writing process, like something like that, like I don't think it was originally like that at all.
2: Yeah, no, no, like that was definitely um, post production on that. And when I heard that for the first time, and we kind of just gave uh, Matt McWilliams the liberty to just kind of like experiment with some different things. Yeah, when I came and heard that it was just, just like your little laugh in the background, <laughs> and uh, Dave just coming in real hot on the vocal there, right after the uh, bringing the guitar solo in there. Mm-hmm. It was just timed perfectly i'm like this doesn't even sound like a local band like this <laughs> this is where i really like began to think like wow like we've really progressed into this uh group that kind of has their stuff together finally and that was really rewarding for me at the time mm-hmm. agreed there is one other one that
3: i enjoyed on here which I, is the monsters uh no it's tragedy this is actually the part two of the song that we're doing. Because I, I think I, Chris, I think I told you, and this is actually the song I want you to do um, with us on our album. Is um, I started writing an Act Three, the tragedy. Okay. And I, it was like originally just going to be like I was going to re- release it as like a solo thing, but now we're just kind of putting it into here. So like having you do like all the guitar stuff on there would be pretty yeah, that,
2: that would be awesome. I'd love to. So I've
3: been wanted to like. I think I told you most of this, the album that we've been doing. I'm trying to get as many musicians that I know on there and mm-hmm. kind of like feature a bunch of people just because we know so many of them and the I like that collaborative idea because. You know something always good. You know when, when me and Jake are going over his like BSH stuff or even just our like we'll go over our practices on yeah. the podcast and like like oh this would be cool this would be cool you know just like, I think
2: it would be really awesome to do something with that because like the first tragedy act song that we wrote it was supposed to be like a three part yeah. song when we first started writing it mm-hmm. and I just that started out in like. So. Um, the quarter past eternity time is when we started. I think part two.
3: No, this part. This is part two. The, we did this in the Everett okay. times. I definitely remember we were trying to do like a piano, slower version of what would be part one, but yeah, then that like just never acoustic, came.
2: Acoustic version.
3: Yeah, that just never came to be, and then just not yet. Not yet. It could. I, it's. It, I, I. We talked about this last week. This is another song of like. This is kind of like I turned it into a story, like, but it was a very kind of like personal kind of bit. Like one of the first ones where I wasn't like, let's write metal songs about you know like what metal people write about, yeah. like You know, what
0: but, do metal people write metal songs about? Does anybody even know? It's
3: either like a lot of them. It's that, a lot of words. It depends. To put together. Are we? If we're in sailboats t- and yeah. sharks, there, sailboat, you know, <laughs> swimming, <laughs> drowning, fire. Unless you're a deathcore band, then it's just like murdering people. Or Whitechapel, right? <laughs> Whitechapel <laughs> lyrics are vile. Um, shit. Oh yeah, but I, that's that? a beautiful tone. Oh yeah. I got. I my the train left the station. I was gonna ask you something, but I forgot.
2: Well, you have to say too, like when we recorded these songs with McWoe uh, Studios. These recordings in this album Was kind of like Some of his first projects too So I mean It's really amazing What we were able to put together As a group Sounds great Um, Mm -hmm. At the age that we were Because we were all I would say maybe like 17 to 20 years old At the time
3: Yeah this was I think this was I don't think This was definitely like was I? When did I turn 21? This might have been around that time. I was like 20, 21 years old when we were writing this. Yeah. I think I brought up a while back, but this is the kind of thing that I think in my head is like, you know, when especially when you listen to bands nowadays, like when you go back and listen to their older shit, you hear. That
0: lead is so fucking good. This is, dude, this
3: is this melody is what yeah. was, is going to cross over all three of the Tragedy songs. That's what we were originally gonna do. It's also in the one that I that we have. Just make that melody your piano
2: intro for your part one. Like this song was really like our anthem Mm -hmm. song.
3: This is yeah. This is like the first song that I would actually see people in the crowd singing along with it. Oh, that's nice. This feels great. (laughs) (laughs) This feels wonderful. Yeah, like this melody. I I want. That's what I wanted to be like the tag that kind of connects all three of the. the songs together. So this was, yeah, a slower one with piano. Maybe make it more, have some like a pi- end it with a Picardy third. Like, have it actually be a major chord. And then, like, the last line goes into the slow minor of what that is. And that's what will lead into act two. Yeah. yeah. This is basically what our podcast is. We write music on <laughs> we write, the show. Yeah, we write music on the show. And then we just, like, talk about dumb shit.
2: I mean, I, I would definitely love to see the progression in the song is something that i've thought about for a long time even when i go back and i listen to a lot of the um everett stuff and i'm like i would really like to take bits and parts of that song and just you know use it 10 or 15 years later see what would come out of it just mm-hmm. everybody's music ability and experience has changed so much um progressively
0: yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that because I very often have that feeling where I'll hear something I did like five or seven years ago and I'm just like, I want that back. I want to do it again. And I wonder what I would do with it this time. Well, like yeah, there's, more there's a lot
2: of like little verses and stuff like that that I'm like, this we could take this and like really shape it into something completely different. And I've been in my music experience and career right now i've been doing a lot of like folk acoustic um style music and the everett area era was the real big like metal core hardcore um time when we were just like everything i wrote was metal music yeah. and guitar solos and mm-hmm. breakdowns and now i'm more like just want to play some piano and have some acoustic guitar and some nice warm yeah. like vocal in there but i i always like kind of never really pushed on taking an older song revamping it into like this more mature uh version of it and i think that would be awesome to do with something like tragedy act with a, you know just the two of us like mm-hmm. try to like you know write something completely new from something that was from 10 10 20 you know 10 15 years ago
3: I I definitely like listen to a lot what I wouldn't especially going over all this stuff there's definitely times where I'm like I'm like oh if we redid this I would do this I would do that there's <laughs> this I would change there's a few uh, so- uh, songs from the Rival Gary stuff that me and John did where like part of me wants to just do it with astroverts because i'm like there's why not because uh, yeah well fuck him and, uh, well geez, he's in the band so it's- <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean him <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but, yeah it's just like there's like it's like that one i didn't wasn't as long ago long ago as like these but you know there's just having that quote unquote final product and stewing on it for i don't think music should ever be a final product well, I
0: mean, it's kind of it's it's the reason I like playing live. It's it's the only reason I like playing live, especially with like BSH, is because the songs we wrote 15 years ago we play so differently now yeah. that they got the chance to evolve live. I would just wish we'd go yeah, back and I record think, those that way. I though.
2: think for every like musician or artist in general is um, always like their hardest critic when it comes to like making a painting or writing a song or. There, there's always that aspect of the song where you're, you're not really satisfied with it and you're like oh, I would really love to go back and re-record that or I'd really like to develop this part or and I, th- I think there's just a, a, a time where um, you never really feel like you've finalized something mm-hmm. even though you know you could share your artwork with so many people and they're like oh this is amazing and I, I love the way this painting looks or I love the way this the song came out but as the musician or the artist writing it there's that one part in the song that you're always like man i really wish i could have went back and re-recorded that
3: oh i'm i'm never satisfied with myself it's (laughs) and then i think that's why the stuff that some of the stuff we're doing is taking so long to actually get out because it's like there's always something i need i want like Want to make it sound different or change? Like, I got to change this, I got to change this. Yeah,
0: I think our biggest challenge is getting drums recorded. Actually,
3: me and Kyle were talking about that yesterday. First, he is very complimented of your snare drum because I showed him the video that we have, of course, he is on my. (laughs) (laughs) I showed him the video that I've telling you for years, my drums. I know, I know that (laughs) could. Cause I told them I'm like I'm like I'm like Jake's drums are too perfectly. I don't even want sound <laughs> replacement. Like it's just play it like this. And yeah, I
2: think drums is like one of the hardest things to record too, especially if oh, you're really? recording yeah. at, on like a live uh, live drum kit. And now there's just so many different var- variables with uh, you know recording drums from you know inputs and and stuff like that to um, miking up a live set. You really. At this point, you really you can just go direct right into you know, inputs and, and have everything like a drum machine set up in, in, your, um, um, in your recording software. And I, I still love the tone of a live drum set. Mm-hmm. Like If you can have just the feeling in, in the song itself, if you have a nice, good live drum set, it's just phenomenal.
3: Oh yeah, but it's it, it, not a lot of people like i I've, I've I think we talked about this with guitar tones before uh-huh. how, how like back in the day there used to be like it was like everything you know I knew what Van Halen's guitar sounded like or slashes or like the every guitars yeah. had like a like a, each person had like a, almost had a different a, sound a to signature
2: it. sound to the drummers
3: are the same way drummers were the same way yeah. I feel like both all, I feel like the drums were almost as worse now than the guitars are because it is all just uh, sound replacement or plugins where it's just the, whatever, you know, I've heard the same snare and bass drum mm-hmm. from every single band nowadays because they all use kind of like the same plugins for all of their instruments. That's yeah, exactly. why I'm, I'm more excited for an, a live yeah. kit because especially yours
0: the only drummer I would say that isn't that I that I, that I listen to that isn't from the like the '90s that doesn't have their own because like like the like like Mike Portnoy, Danny Carey, Thomas Lang, you could t- Mike Mangini, you could tell who those guys are. Mm-hmm. But all these guys who have come in this like next wave are completely undifferential except for Mac Gartska. who's that? Animals is Leaders drummer. Oh yeah, yeah, he's mm-hmm. completely original. I can when I hear him play, I'm like, that's Mac Gartska. Everybody else, it's, it's all sounds the same. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's almost dude. I was having this thought the other day. Um, oh no, no, no! I was having this the other day. I was having this thought when we were driving here, and we were listening <laughs> to that. And I was, like, I was like, I was just listening to the drums. I was like, this is all programmed. Yeah. And I was like, man, my instrument's dying. Like, oh yeah, technology is literally <laughs> destroying my entire instrument.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's almost there well, for guitars. A, yeah, too. it's the same thing oh, for guitars yeah. as well.
2: I mean. Um, I just, me personally, like, when you record an acoustic guitar to just have the acoustic guitar set up with, like, two or three different, you know, room mics to get the different ambiance of that that guitar and that track, you can really make it feel like you're at a live concert and watching that person play that instrument. Mm -hmm. And now with a lot of the technology that we have, I think it, it almost takes away from that... That feeling of the song, like if you listen to like you know Phil Collins play, playing the drums, or if you listen to like uh 311 and you hear their, their drums, yeah. no, he's, he's one, it, too. Just, it, yeah. it feels like you're in the room with that musician playing that song, and now with everything that uh you just don't have that natural, real feeling like I want to hear the guy hit the rim of the snare, or I want I want to hear, yeah. That in the track, and now stuff is, is written so clean, where the little imperfections that you have in an album, it, it really kind of, for me, it, it starts taking away the um, the, the feeling of the song.
0: Those, those imperfections create very unique sounds, like uh, Carter Beaufort from Dave Matthews Band was somebody else who popped into my head mm-hmm. about just a really original sound, but again... His, Dave Matthews his, Band started in the fucking late yeah, '80s his, or something.
3: I, I know I like I can recognize his drums. Always, yeah. His drums always sound like he's playing by himself in a concert hall because it really is big. Yeah. yeah, you know. But yeah, it's I I, I, I understand that it's far easier to not do that and that's really the appeal of it like like we our I album it. would probably be done if we just did electronic drums and like pl- here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but i would much but i would that. much rather do it the old i guess it's a, i guess it is old I, no 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 you're point, exactly but, right well i, I guess yeah because it's because i i think how we recorded um uh the ep with matt was we went with the the model where the he would dut out all of the drum heads mm-hmm. so he'd still get the impact and then he would go in and sound replace okay the actual hits with like another like a like a plug-in snare there, and bass we did and a stuff. lot of
2: experimenting at the time too i know that um at one point like matt and i spent like half a day clearing out a closet in his basement and just putting a bunch of like carpet and pillows and stuff like that in our amp cab in there and like two different uh uh pickup mics and um we spent most of the day just trying to find a good isolated tone on the amp. And now you can literally just plug your guitar right into the computer and you could have, you know, thousands of different yeah. tracks to play out of. If you want to sound like, you know, kill switch engage setup set up, just press the you kill switch engage the button, button. <laughs> and you're, and you're right there. But I mean, um, without having that, that mic setup you're not getting the even just your your uh you know fingers running up and down the strings it's it's very hidden in a track when you're recording Mm -hmm. out of a live instrument and i think that has a lot of uh beauty in it too to kind of go back to that time and just okay let's kind of do this like you said the old school way um
0: yeah. He got so upset. I know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's just like technology is forever. <laughs>
0: Coda works for big tech. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: like buy logic pro, buy logic pro but like
0: I totally
2: agree. Um
3: shit. I know coda's. I mean, we, could, we coda's could literally protesting.
2: go on and on about the process of <coughs> being I mean, in a studio and um I mean a lot a lot of why i bring this up is just the progression of these songs that we recorded because we started out with just the most basic um setup just to try to get something to record so we could hear our songs played back and then as you listen to each one of these songs as they progress in more of a an advanced um studio setting how they're kind of like coming together and actually like mm-hmm. um well, and and I think, our
3: and I think it also helps that like the technology for it has gotten better since we started. Like, I mean, the last stuff, the the last couple songs that we recorded, we did like. In I think it was I'm pretty sure it was 12 gauge studios, but it was like Connor's mm. house. Yeah, and it was just in his basement, and there was just the, he had like you know at that point there was like I think he was using Logic Pro, and he had all these other different plugins yeah. and all that stuff. And that's yeah, no,
2: he he ended up using for um, I want to say the the songs Monsters and uh, Cavities um, exactly. and Cavities. a couple of these tracks. Some of the plugins for the guitar tones were actually similar plugins that um, Miss May I recorded with. And I was uh, at the time, Miss May I was coming out with a couple different albums, and I was like, I love this guitar tone. And he's like, Oh, no problem, I got it right here. <laughs> and I'm like, Are you serious? So when you listen to, um, I want to say it's Monsters. It really has that. The
3: Monsters was Matt's. I mean, the 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 two we did with Connor was Cavities and then Out of the Sky.
2: Okay, maybe it might have been. Do yeah. you want Cavities yeah, out of the Sky? Is great. Um, but yeah, we should definitely take a listen to that song, and you can kind of. T- hear the similarities so like this may I that, yeah track yeah these sound so good and
3: I think this and these last two songs that we did were like really the first two that you and I sat down and wrote together yeah because it would be like you said before like I just come to the table here's a song I finish and then you come to the table and like here's a song I finish
1: the
0: thing with su- that sucks about that is like as a drummer I have to wait till you guys come to the table
3: yeah yeah yeah, I'm always at this point. I'm table, just kinda maybe.
0: sitting in the corner waiting for waiting I'm always, for the
3: call. <laughs> it's always cooking in the kitchen over here,
0: all right. That's why if you'll notice most drummers are in like four or five bands. Simply because we just that's how that's how the work schedule works for us.
3: Yeah. I, I mean I you're you're I'm waiting for Nick
0: to write more Brother Violet songs. I'm waiting for Tim and Terry to finish <laughs> the big Sky Hunter stuff. Well, I'm I'm not really waiting on you, you're kinda we're we're way farther along than we are in the yeah. other two. But yeah, like I'm not over here writing drum legs.
3: Well, I also think that, like, here's... Because I can... Like, at least the stuff that I've been sending you, like, I will send you, like, my, like, basic... Like, here's some shit drums. This is what I... The rhythm I want to do. And you're the one... And then I'll cook. You'll... Yeah, then you start cooking. That's where all that... That tone... But that's what Kyle is... Because I showed Kyle. He's like, I just wanted to... He's like, do you have a video of him? And I showed him that thing of us playing um, Tide of Elephants from that we live stream. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where he complimented the snare. Appreciate he's like, that guy. Because he's like, is this just like recording on your phone, or do you have like a microphone and stuff? I'm like, oh no, I just put my phone up against the thing. Yeah. He's like, that's, the drums sound fucking great. That kit sounds so good.
2: <laughs> Actually, like the recordings on the phones now are just most bad. of the time when I write a song and I just want like a quick playback, I just pull my phone out and okay, yeah. record a video or just record audio, and it the playback is good enough, like, sound like it. it's, it's demo cool. quality. Yeah. It, that was one of the things I was gonna, like, a positive
0: of technology is it is so much cheaper to just record yourself. Like, him and I have everything we've played together in the last two years on Dropbox. Yeah. We can reference every practice and be like, okay, this is what we did this time. Let's hear where it evolved. Like, so we can write really in-depth with shit like yeah. that. And I love that. Yeah. Because, I mean, before I was a musician, I was an athlete, and... I, I've always been kind of good and enjoyed, like, watching film and breaking it down like that. So it's just the musical version of, like, studying the tape.
2: And I think that's one of the hardest things for a musician, too, when you're writing is just having the opportunity to hear the song playback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of, like, develop the song. Um, you know, like, when you're, when you're writing and in the process of writing, you're like, oh, I think that sounds good, but... When you're leading into the next verse, it's it's really nice to hear the playback and be like, okay, do I really need to like have this in here for four counts or six counts? What yeah. is it? What counts? purpose does this part serve? And does it need does it need to do a different thing? Exactly. Yeah.
3: Oh, I, I like. I, well, I think I've only used it once with my buddy Kevin, but he had because we would do just like covers we record. And that was the, the same thing you were talking about. Like, if you wanted to spend money, they have, like, things now where it's, like, a pretty decent microphone that just plugs into, like, your phone jack yeah. and is powered by that. And then you can just <laughs> – there's your, there's your mic, yeah. That
0: Yeti that we used to use to record the podcast.
3: Yeah, my my, yeah. my Yeti casting is really nice. It's, like, 100 bucks and yeah. it's got, like, you know, the arm thing. It has – I think there's three or four different mic like settings on yeah. it, so you can do, like – Face frontal, all all of you know room mics, conversational ones and shit.
2: Yeah, and you think about that, song that now. For or, oh, for a hundred bucks, you can have like a a pretty decent quality recording. And you know, years ago, a hundred bucks would get you maybe thirty Heck minutes of shit. studio time. Yeah. So it's like, I hope that you practiced your parts when you came to the studio mm-hmm. because every minute is costing you uh studio time god
0: i even that was even the difference between the first time bsh went into the studio and the last time we did the first time it was you need to get the fuck in there and you you need to not make a mistake like and i think that's where it came from like a long time ago with me being so like anal anal about everything is because it was like okay you get like in hour like we're paying for eight hours total. Yeah. Like, you get, like, two hours tops to get your drums down. You're doing five songs. Okay. And
2: I don't know about yeah. you guys, too. It's like, um, you know, having a lot of, like, uh, lead guitar parts on... on certain songs it puts a lot of anxiety and pressure on you to come in there and like perform this the best you can possibly mm-hmm. can oh yeah in a sad amount of time
3: and it's you know I, always, I was talking to kyle about it yesterday i i can play like the shit that we, we we go and record i can play like without looking my eyes you know just like it's nothing i can have a conversation with you and play like anything oh yeah the moment that click starts that red dot and the comes red on? dot comes on, oh, yeah! it's like my hands are like, don't fuck it up, Mike. And that it just, it's, it takes so long. He's well, all right. He showed me a video. And it was like, Oh, what, what people think recordings like to what it's actually like. And it's like a guy doing a solo and he's whatever. <laughs> and then what it's actually like, it's like attempt 200. And he's like, fuck, fuck.
2: fuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, uh, when I'm recording and I got a click on uh, metronome, it, it makes me like insane actually because i'll sit there and i'll listen to the click over and over and over and and i mean now there's a lot of you know different options you have where you can make the click sound like a kick drum or a snare or, uh, for me it's always better to have the metronome sound like a drum set so i feel Cause it's like natural because it's natural yeah, and makes I, I feel like i'm playing with a drummer or something to keep time but if i sit there and I listen to your standard, you know, um oh, dude,
3: I'm all about the uh, anvil. The hammer and anvil. The <laughs> jing, jing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Cause if you listen to standard beep on the click, it throws me off more than if I, I just didn't even have it on. A lot I, a lot of the recordings, these Everett recordings, I recorded without a click. I just listened to the drum drum track. And we practiced so many hours, it was easier for me to stay in time just listening to the cues on the drum mm-hmm. set yeah. than it really was for me to sit there and try to have a tight um, recording to a metronome.
0: That's how BSH, that's how we did our last two albums where we would actually come in, everything would be like mic'd up and um, leveled out. We would record a scratch track together as if it were a live show and then we would all go back in and record our own individual parts with that scratch track in our head in our in our headphones it was a really sick process um damn you said something else i want oh i cannot play to a metronome either Mm -hmm. there's this device called it's called a soundbrenner
3: i love it dude i don't have it
0: but have you ever used it no i've not so it's it's like it looks like a watch but it's just it just vibrates. So it vibrates to a tempo, and it you can program it to light okay. up, too. So I, I wrap actually, it around my leg.
2: I think I do actually. I bought one of those, and I have not yeah. used it.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Um, it's, it's right just there. Been sitting in the box <laughs> on my desk because
2: I, it was something I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That would be perfect. It just wrapped that around my arm or my leg because I always learned how to keep time with my foot. Yeah. So I'm like, well, something like that would be a lot better for me than listening to a click and in my headphones,
0: highly recommended. I used to play drums for a church, mm-hmm. and I would wrap it around uh, my right leg. Yeah. So my kick drum would always line up with the beat, which was always on one. So I never, I it was just up on my phone. I programmed the tempo and went off. Highly recommended. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the watch, but I downloaded the app because the app is free. The it app's great works, It still too. works in a metronome. Yeah, yeah, it's honestly the best metronome I've ever. Yeah. yeah the the
2: metronome app alone is fantastic. Yeah. Let alone the wearable. Yeah, I know. Um, the wearable. I want to say. Uh, the brand Boss has like a, it's like a, like a DB48 or, uh, I don't really remember the actual model, but they have a metronome where it's got preset different tones and stuff and you can record your own, um, you know, clicks. So if you want to record like a hi-hat or a snare or something, you can live record that into the metronome and you can also incorporate incorporate that in with your interface, um, which I thought was pretty cool to like kind of have like a handheld uh, metronome, like an old school like metronome you can bring with you places mm-hmm. and just plug your headphones in there and you have whatever type of tone that you need for, especially someone like me that struggles with you know trying to be in time with a click, kind of gives you a, a variety of different tones that you can use.
3: I've uh, been trying to work with the metronome a lot more as of late. Just, I think it's something I need to get back into because I I've been, a lot of it is also it's I've been noticing like micro slowdowns in certain se- sections and that's that's kind of a lot of it has just been trying to get you know tighten my right my right hand a bit more making sure that that doesn't yeah you know when I when it, when I'm doing these full chord par- parts I have to make sure that I'm not dropping down like three to five beats you know mm-hmm. just because. I, know, I was actually literally just thinking, I'm like, is that going to be... Because I, I, everything that I've been sending you has been just guitar with a click. Would you? Is that going to be an issue recording that, or would you prefer another method?
0: I've noticed... I, the method I prefer is the same thing we did with BSH, yeah. where I have the entire demo in my head, and it's like I'm practicing it, because then I just feel like I'm in the practice space practicing. And then I tend to play better. Okay. I guess You're I, talking about feeling stress uh, recording... I remember uh, one time we were recording a song, and there was this part that I just I couldn't do it. Like it was taking me so long to get it, and then I finally got it. But you could hear me screaming on the recording as I did the fill, right? Like, fuck yeah! <laughs> and they wouldn't let me keep it in, so I had to oh. do it again. <laughs> I was so I had to excited. do it again.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, I mean we can we can fucking Kyle actually was talking to me about that yesterday because he was asking if you recorded the click or because he's like some people just do like the band is in the room and they all play together and
0: i like that but then i like going back through it again because on that second take when i'm not playing with somebody else i can take more risks okay. i could do ooh, slightly more intricate shit because it's not going to throw them off i'm just i just especially if i, I think i just
3: worry up. so much about tempo changes and maybe yeah. that's like matt something matt Williams kind of like dug into my head when we were recording because mm-hmm. he was very added in like how it's like, you know, not, not necessarily about doing tempo changes, but like when you write, like you won't notice it, but there'll be parts in your songs that as you're playing, you're like, Oh, this is a different tempo yeah. than this other part that I'm doing. Even well, though a lot it of, feels like it's not. A lot like- of
2: the issues with that on like a recording platform is that usually when you open up a session, you have to set your tempo, and um for the timing when you start recording so if you have um, a tempo change you usually want to track that on another separate track yeah. because when you actually start trying to like mix everything together i mean we're we're all human so you're really not going to no matter how tight you play or you're you're always going to find maybe like one note that um, didn't really ring through as well as the other notes that you were playing in the series. So, you really want to bring that note out in the mix. And it's really hard to mix things when you have the tempo change. Yeah. Um, so, I think on that standpoint for him, he's just like, okay, if you're going to have a tempo change, you got to let me know so we can start the tempo change in another track. Because when I go to mix this, I'm going to have to cut everything out, which you have to spend a lot of time you know, engineering that yeah. to, to make it flow right in the song.
3: Well, I, was, I didn't mean it like, I I didn't mean it as in like the song has the temperatures. I meant like, act like it's not, it's not on purpose. Like there has been a few times where there has been some You get songs to like a half time feel and you just slow down because it's a half time. Yeah, feel. exactly. Yeah, and then when to. you kick back into it, you like, you're like you can Notice. kind of feel that the tempo is a little bit slower. So, I am notorious for that. Yeah, and that's 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 kind of the thing that that's why I've been getting more into playing with the metronome because I do mm-hmm. that too a lot. There's been there's plenty of songs where I'm like where I play it and then I try playing it with the metronome. I'm like, why, why can't I do this? And it's like, oh, it's because I've been playing this part like a little bit slower, and now it's harder now because I have to yeah. make up for that extra, you know, speed, you know, speed or whatnot.
0: We do that together on Last Call a lot. Mm-hmm. We'll do the uh, halftime feel in like that last chorus. And then the rest of that the end of that song is noticeably slower than the first two and a half minutes yeah yeah and it's it's something that I know is coming every time we do it too
3: but that's why I, that's why I sent you when I did set I sent you the tracks that had the click and then that didn't have the click so you can kind of fuck with that and yeah. just figure it out. but I, I all of those I need to kind of yeah. I've been I told Kyle I'm gonna be redoing just so we can have. Because with the scratch tracks that I sent to you guys, it was mostly just so you can get an idea. Yeah. And it was like, I didn't necessarily care about if I fucked up it, you know, little parts here and there, but I would much rather have a tighter scratch track than... If that's going to be the one I'm playing yeah. to, yeah. especially... Yeah.
2: yeah, I think um, with just recording over the years, if you can throw down a tight scratch track, it really takes the rest of the production yeah. to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, like, now when I record, I almost kind of consider my scratch track as, like, try to get it as good as my final take. it's it's part of of, your record. Yeah, it's like a lot of the times, sometimes I record the scratch track better than the actual one. I go back in there, and I try to record record over everything (laughs) else, and I'm like, okay, well, can I do something with the scratch track? Because that is pretty much where I want to be.
0: The scratch track is almost like your blueprint to the... To the
2: album, or yeah. EP, or yeah. whatever you're doing,
3: and I know a lot, a lot of like what I love about you is how you're you accentuate what everything else is doing. So I like I want to make sure that you can hear my right hand because there's a lot of songs, especially like Tides, and then um, the the one that's untitled, the longer one. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that's very much like like your what I'm doing is intricate and you're following along what my right hand is moving, you know, the rhythm that's going with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: It's the old Gavin Harrison trick. Uh, Gavin Harrison, he's the drummer from Porcupine Tree. And one time he said, it's not the drummer's job to keep you in time. It's everybody's job to stay on time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the drummer's job to accentuate what time is. Yeah. To accentuate what time is.
3: (laughs) Time's a concept.
0: And that is why I've always, I mean, shit. I don't ever play a 2 4 beat. Yeah. Yeah. A 2 4 on the snare beat. In Brother Violet, I do. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I didn't practice every day for 20
2: years to go. <laughs> 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 to do a solid rock beat. right. Eat me. <laughs> hi hat snare. hi hat snare. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just think, I mean, how many different things, can, how many different sounds can you make on a guitar? Hundreds? Yeah, so yeah, you have To true. paint with this massive palette. I want to paint with a bigger palette than four things. Understandable. Four colors, yeah. I want more colors. Yeah,
3: definitely. I want more colors. Expand my I forgot the word, prisms. What is it what's an what's animal that has like uh their op- their like optical lenses have more um more something to them to where they can actually see different colors that we can?
0: A lot of animals are like that.
3: What what are they, what am I thinking of?
0: You're thinking of like their the cones in their eyes can absorb more yes. amounts of different
3: yes. w- wavelengths of light. Your your drums have more cones than most. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 um, oh shit! But yeah, there. That's I lost my train of thought. The cone thing. Caught I mean, me it's out.
2: it's really a true statement too because when when you're um carrying the beat throughout the song and, and how um, how much uh, rhythm you put into your kick drum or your snare really punches through the mix and if you're just you know hitting that snare at the same pace the entire time that's where a lot of this like electronic stuff when you're mapping drums out and you're just pressing a button, the snare is gonna sound the same every single time mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to sound like that when you have a drummer that puts feeling into his kit.
3: Yeah, like, I know Jake, like, that's, I, well, it, no, it's. I don't think it's impossible. It's, freaks would probably get it, but, like, being able to, like, be in the moment drumming and just hitting the center of that snare perfectly every single time. Yeah. I feel like that is, a, like, not impossible, but, like, that's not something that... No, well, you get it's, like a lot of really
2: not possible. ghost notes yeah. and stuff in there too. And mm-hmm. that's why I was saying earlier. Like I really love that live recording feel of being able to hear like the crack of the stick on the rim of the snare or um, you know, like your fingers running up and down the guitar, just have that light, you know, the strings running back yeah. and forth and in, in the mix. That slide um,
3: down an acoustic
0: neck. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's, I, I think maybe that's what Kyle meant earlier when he was saying because when he sent me the 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 email with that the song we were working on mm-hmm. he was saying that there was a buzz that he couldn't like get rid of yeah. and i really couldn't hear it at all and i didn't hear it and, when we listened and, to and it either. i i w- assumed i was like maybe it's just because there's like multiple tracks going mm-hmm. on at the same time like that's something that would cover across but it didn't sound like it sounded yeah, okay to me maybe that's because that's just that's part of one well, of the things I it kind
2: of depends on what you're listening playback through i mean if, if you're listening playback through some like you know really crisp studio monitors i know i always drive myself nuts when i'm listening to playback through like my studio headphones versus listening to playback in my studio monitors that's why i have like an old like vintage um an old vintage uh a stereo setup too and some different types of headphones and i, I i'll listen to playback through a couple different um, sets of speakers because you got to think about what the person's going to be listening to your song yeah so a lot of people are going to be listening through it through like a set of headphones or in their car radio and stuff and those little slight imperfections in the mix you might not even hear that um when you're listening to that st- uh, on your on your radio or in your headphones,
0: I try to listen to part of every podcast episode in my headphones and part of in my car. Yeah, it, just to know what it sounds
3: like. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I I definitely agree because I was always I was kind of in that like that like you know super anal about what was going on with there. But lately, it has been like, okay, how does this sound like what I'm just turning on my phone no headphones or just that you know because yeah that's, definitely because yeah you're no one's gonna not everybody's going to be have these like you know four or five hundred dollar you know speakers studio monitors
0: yeah. they're right. going to be listening yeah,
3: the music through all the time yeah so. there's
2: been a lot of times where i like drive myself nuts where like you know i have the the dog here that was featured in this podcast <laughs> a little bit and i'm trying to record in my loft area and the dog's you know barking in the background or you know, the washer machines going and, um, you know, you got a lot of, uh, uh, studio quality microphones where at, at times I'll have the microphone on and I'll walk away from it and forget that I was still recording and I'm picking up conversations like from my neighbor's house. Yeah. Holy like, I can't shit. believe how like hot that mic actually is. So like trying to get the isolation of, um, picking up any background noises is, is a task in itself when you're, um, recording but then again like when you listen to it through your phone you're not going to hear like you know the next door neighbor pulling up in his driveway even though I can hear it through my studio monitors on the mix yeah it's like how how can i clean this up and like not have it there this last thing i want you know to have in my mix is like the the neighbor slamming <laughs> his, his garage slamming door his or something door, yelling at his wife <laughs> 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 yeah i mean it was definitely a challenge like recording when i was living in the city too oh god you know, i you'd can't have, even imagine you'd have you try to record a guitar track and like send it over to an artist that i was working with and they're like uh you know there's a bunch of ambulances and like you know people walking outside and everything in <laughs> the mix we can't use this you need to come into the studio and
1: no,
0: no, no, like you'd be like,
2: it's ambiance, what's wrong like with just you? Just turn down the yeah. background noise a little bit. Like, listen, we'll man, work that's like it, part man. of the song, man. The city's the music, right. man. And every oh, once in a while, you do get some random noise back there where you're like, that's amazing, and I need to use that mm-hmm. somewhere.
0: The city's singing background vocals, leave it alone. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to play that last Everett song before we get all finished up before uh, we zip it up the, and zip it out zip out it of the, up and zip it out yeah this is the other one he was talking about hour of the sky yeah so these were like the last two that we did this is definitely like my favorite i love how this song turned out this has a good yeah. sound to it
0: mm-hmm.
3: although it's it's funny maybe it's just because i know how brandon plays but when I hear his drums, I can see his, like, flailiness that he usually has. <laughs> like, he's very, like, loosey goosey. Dave is such a good vocalist, too. Yeah, was. What a fucking find. He, he, and then Pat went to ISU, and it was just like, you like metal? I like metal. <laughs> You're a screamer. Well, what do you like? The, the like? first
2: time he came to practice, I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah. Where is that coming from?"
3: And just the energy <laughs> that, <laughs> like, I mean, remember we played at the Congress and he was like climbing on top of the big ass fucking speakers yeah. and shit. I was like, "What is this?" this
2: is the, so ath- the athleticism of him too, and the yeah. stage presence was amazing. That he could just kind of keep keep oh, his vocal like this and run around stage everywhere.
3: So I think he, I think he. Had made us up our stage presence yeah. because if then it would just be like everyone else standing around while he's flailing like a fucking <laughs> idiot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bass by my pet. I still to this day, no offense, pet, if you're listening. I wish that little bass part wasn't there. It just like I don't know. It's not necessarily it, maybe it's just the third. It's just like it, it's right. it's an odd number, it throws me off.
2: <laughs>
3: oh man. I uh what was your favorite show?
2: Favorite show had to be Eagles Club in Indiana oh yeah like it was the first time driving to Indiana and when we got there it was just this little like dive bar in the middle of nowhere and we walk in and there's this guy just like full like suspenders like country dude and we're like, uh, is this the Eagles Club? We're like, the band that's supposed to play? And they're like, yeah, you guys are playing outside in the basement. I'm like, what? We go outside out, in the basement. Yeah, so it, it was, was like slightly detached. Okay, yeah, that's it was wild. like detached. And there it was just like these a storm uh, concrete steps down underneath yeah. the bar. Sounds like a fucking bunker. And, and Ooh, a, it, it was <laughs> a bunker. It, it had <laughs> one dangling light in the middle. <laughs> it was like. We're it was all flooded. Here. There was water in there. We were worried about our gear shorting out and everything too. And we're like, okay, you know, this is just gonna be like a wash. We drove all the way here. Like, if nobody shows up, we'll just pack our stuff and go home. So we were pretty much like set, like, we're we're just gonna go home. Like, there's nobody gonna be yeah, here to play so we're for. Gonna get murdered. We mm-hmm. ended up going to like this China buffet and we all just maxed out at the China buffet <laughs> thinking but that, that we were just happens. gonna like Come back to the venue and leave, and then when we came back, there was probably like a hundred plus people outside waiting to see us perform, and we're Just like, like, "Oh packing shit!"
3: Packing into this fucking small ass basement, it was, it was, it was strange. Yeah, there was definitely one eighty from like we're the vibe gonna, pre-show. Yeah, too. like, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to die here. Like this is a joke. Somebody brought us here to murder a Just band. Like, we Just never really
2: expected together. there to even be like a following though too because we played so much around our local area that it was the first time we were actually like driving out of state and going to a different place and we thought that like nobody was going to show up yeah. for us because we we just didn't really market anything for it other than social media and then when we got there it was it was such a surprise to be there and everyone's so stoked to like see us perform and I just I, I kind of loved how like eerie it was because we had like these little like um, light boxes with this like green greenish Ooh, light. Ooh, the stomp box. Yeah, I talked about this. Sto- like, I told like, them about yeah, the stomp some box. Some of our some of our old like uh, photos and everything really like brought out the the that show and, and that. Oh yeah. Like, it was for me. It was kind of like the first time we've actually like left our hometown and. It's like holy crap we got fans like outside of outside of, of Illinois. Mokina, yeah. Illinois.
3: I that was a good one. That was I I think I was going to say either that or um the double shows that the the double shows that we played at isu
2: yeah that was great too um uh, did do we, we talk about this before yes With the several ba- times but yeah, i love yeah, the story the,
3: the basement there's like there's like it was like a house party and one. you guys were
0: on the top floor and it almost caved in well yeah
3: that was the one yeah, that, that was, was the was first like one. a comic book store there was a yeah above okay. it it was a house above a comic book store that i think dave at one at a certain point was just trying to like we we did way too much stomping
2: well, it was for the, our house, the crazy part about was. that is when we got there and we set up on like the upper floor at a comic book store. The amount of weight with the equipment and all the people up there, the floor was probably moving like two to three inches, and they actually cut our set short. We were halfway through our set, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I don't know if like somebody called the cops for noise or, or what, or I, I have no idea, but." We ended up packing up everything, and there was this kid that was there, that's like, "Oh, the show's not over. Everybody come to my house. We're gonna continue the show." So the rest of the bands, everybody went to his house, and he threw this house party. and We set up in the middle of his living room, and by the, oh end, of the, sh- by the yeah. end of the show, he- by the end of the show, his house was like trashed. I felt so bad for the
3: kid, but his parents was- were there. The, the, his parents were like fully supporting, like this, like happening, like having Damn. this big, yeah. Because resistance like, still lives. And it was yeah, it was like it was, but like imagine you if you're going to be a parent. Who lives on the ISU campus and like has a kid that goes there? You have to either embrace that lifestyle, or you're going to be like the old people in eighties movies. You either just disown <laughs> the
0: kid, or you yeah. you build the house specifically for the parties. Yeah, right. Yeah, you felt, like
2: build a hospital wing inside that Like literally, there's like people hanging from the ceiling fans and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, but it was it. Th- awesome. That like we set up in like their their living room area, and then another band set up in the basement area. So one band would play, and then and as soon as they had finished their set, everybody would shift. flood to the basement yeah. and shift to go see the other band. And it was probably one of the funnest shows I've ever been to because it was so spontaneous. We go from playing one gig to playing another one right. in the same same few hours. Of Sounds the day. just like Riot Fest. Yeah, it kind kind of was in a way. That's sick, though. I'm trying to think of if...
3: I had a couple questions. Like rapid fire ones, but that was really the only (laughs) one I was curious about.
0: I had one rapid fire question. One (laughs) is what he had.
3: Yeah, I thought the clips were. The clip was pretty empty.
0: That's how. um, I'll plug this show really quick too. That's how uh, the book club downtown feels. Every time Brother Violet plays there, it feels like the um, floor is about to cave in. November, November twelfth uh that is the last time we'll be playing any songs off of the in and out of love ep are you just gonna drop them all all or most of them it sounds like we might keep playing a couple but we've already got five new ones written for the new year nice so by the time we get to the new year we should have an entirely new uh set of material to go so yeah so if you guys enjoyed that album or us playing it here at all november 12th book club
3: yeah, it's your this, last shot. The, This this place book club. It mm-hmm. you have to like DM somebody to get the address. It's like a speakeasy for, okay. for local shows. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I it's so I find it so strange. It's cool, but then at the same time, I'm like I feel like after four or five different gigs, that aspect is gone because now people know where it's at unless it's yeah. like a pop-up bar type place where it's like constantly moving apartment buildings
2: yeah there's a lot of a lot of venues downtown that do that a lot and they're always like super awesome events just you know random randomly thrown together i know there's like a couple little like like you said like speakeasy place where you walk into a place that looks like a laundromat and you open up the washer and go down a slide, and now all of a sudden you're in this like old like, 1920s <laughs> bar. Yeah. And... Everybody's smoking cigarettes with those holders that they yeah, used to the hold. Them on. Things,
0: yeah, the big plastic things, like Corella DeVille cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I've, I've never been to a speakeasy, but I've been to a spy restaurant. You should come on out to the show on the 12th. I You'll should, basically I, feel like you're in I'm, it. I mean, I have. What is. There, the 12th. That's. I guess that's. Could probably make that. I'm playing uh, a
0: softball tournament in the morning, and then we're playing the show. And I don't have to bring a drum kit to this one. Yeah? Yeah, one of the other bands is supplying it. Well, that's good. It's not. I'd rather (laughs) it be my kit.
2: You never know what you're, like, walking into when you get there, you know? You end up getting there, and all of a sudden, it's like a drum pedal doesn't work, so you have no kick drum the whole time. I always bring my pedals. That's the worst. Yeah, like,
0: if I don't have have my pedals, it's gonna severely reshape the entire sound of the band. Mm -hmm. That and my cymbals... I have yeah. to have them, or it's just going to sound all effy.
2: I always say that any time you go do a live performance, always come prepared regardless of what type of equipment they have there. I know at one point we used to bring a whole, like, PA system with us because there was a lot of times where we'd get there. It's just and shitty as well. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear any of the vocals or anything because like. the PA is, like, a little, like, a karaoke box or something.
3: Like, all right, we only got, like, two or three working microphones. Who needs them?
2: <laughs> Bro,
0: we, would, we played – the last show we played at Book Club, um, there was a band from Rock Falls, Illinois, which is, like, three hours south of here, and then there was a band from Milwaukee – I can't remember which drummer, but one of them asked me if he. He said, "Hey man, I forgot all my cymbals." And I'm like, "What do you mean? You forgot all your cymbals? You were you're like you're playing this show as if you're built like you're touring. Yeah, you're like we're coming to Chicago to play this, and you were just hoping somebody here has cymbals. Yeah, that's... like I walk around with cymbals just.
1: <laughs> like yeah, I walk around with cymbals. right,
0: ready for you to go i'll never forget that that's wild i'm the guy at the show who everybody's like let's share a kit i'm like no yeah <laughs> you just stay away yeah right?
2: I, I definitely i'm right there with you I, I how many times i've gone to a show and brought my you know uh, pv set up and uh there's been a couple of times where i've almost lost like my cab because um, there's guys that are like oh can i borrow your cabinet like my speakers are are blown up or something like that and i try to be a nice guy and like let them borrow my cabinet and then all of a sudden when we go to pack up and go home for the day you know i'm like where's my speaker set up
3: or like i'm just i just to be afraid of somebody fucking it up because i know they wouldn't be responsible and like pay for it if it happened yeah definitely that's That's where i'm at is like oh but i guess uh, the speaker's blown out because this asshole decides he want, he needs his guitar to be louder right. than everything else in the goddamn world. I'm
0: concerned with like, <laughs> are you gonna break one of my drum heads before I play? So I have to play like a like a I have to figure yeah, out how to play broken, my too. drum set because you fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. I used to. I don't do. I haven't done this with Brother Violet yet, but before the pandemic, and I was like. I actually had, like, an entire setup of shit I would go to shows with. Like, mm-hmm. in my car, I, like, had a box and a bag full of stuff to repair things with. Yeah. I had a whole extra set of heads. Like, I was, I was ready for fuck, and We could have gone on a professional tour with my setup. And I was ready to fix shit like that because I was so, like... I used There's to be. anal used to sound. do
2: that with my guitars too. Yeah. Every every guitar case that I'd have, I'd have two packs of strings in there, ready to go. Yeah. And a lot of the times, I would show up there with another guitar that was already tuned up and and ready to plug in, just in case yeah, if just in we case. had some type of, you know, issue where we needed to sub in a guitar because the worst feeling ever is to, you know, break your low end string or something and have to play the a, a whole set with five strings on your guitar. Yeah. Or, you know.
3: I was never the prepared one. I had one guitar for a long time, and then when I would get another one, I used the other guitar to buy it. Just yeah. yeah,
0: that's okay. Because when I mean, at least with Snow Leopard, Frank brought nine guitars anyway, so you never had to worry about it. And I played bass, right? None of that shit well, was mine.
3: I was always the
2: <laughs> type of person that would get really attached to certain instruments of mine and just like couldn't let them go unless yeah. it was like, you know. Just
3: broken the as fuck. last
2: resort and i need to like pay my rent or something was like okay well this is an easy way to to get by yeah kind
0: of at the point now where i am never gonna get even close to the resale value on something i sell that i already own yeah so i'm just not selling that's another it. thing yeah. too.
2: like the the value of stuff you go spend a thousand dollars on an instrument or a piece of equipment and then, yeah then if you're in a bind and you go to a pawn shop and he's like oh i Give you $35 for it. Gotta yeah. make money. You gotta make money. I'll buy like,
0: like a $400 symbol, and they're like, Yeah, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. I'm like, You know what? I'd rather just keep it. Yeah. And yeah. Just store it and stash it mm-hmm. and just pull it out and switch cymbals,
2: you know, more often. Yeah, that's kind of one thing. Like Mike brought up the old uh, purple Fender Stratocaster. I'm really glad that I held on to that guitar because there's a lot of different. You know, for me, there's a lot of memories in in the guitars if I pick them up and play them or not or just hang them on my wall because it's like, okay, like that's got all like the imperfections of me dropping it on the ground doing guitar flips or, you know, like uh, my LTD. It's got uh, all rusted on the bridge and stuff from just just sweating and playing shows and everything. And they all have their own battle wounds and and memories to them. So (laughs) I'm I'm glad that I held on to a lot of that stuff over the years.
3: My guitar is notoriously... The paint on the backside would just be shredded off because I would never take off my keys when I play, and whenever I'm moving, it would just scrape across the you
0: just have all these marks, yeah, yeah.
3: But the battle Wins, man, they sell guitars that look worn nowadays, and that yeah. makes no fucking I hate sense that to shit. me. It's like, look, it
0: looks vintage, like it looks like it wasn't taken care of, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Imagine if you try to sell somebody a car that wasn't taken care of, and you're like, look, bro, this is vintage. <laughs> this is vintage. And you're like, the, the fucking, the rear view mirror shattered. I don't think that's what vintage means. Like,
3: yeah, but it adds a little bit of flavor to it. <laughs> Lever. like yes CO into 2 into the atmosphere because there's <laughs> right. no muffler or converter. Right. It's like
2: there's a giant scratch from the front of the bumper to the rear of the bumper of the car. Well, that is memories right it's there. That's just memories right there. <laughs> this car's
0: just bleeding asbestos.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I got to pee so bad.
0: Well, perhaps it is time we wrap
3: that's is, is is that the podcast indicator? Yeah, usually from now on. Usually when Mike <laughs> has to go to the bathroom. Yeah, we've the been
0: podcast goes until Mike has
2: to piss. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Dude, thanks
2: for coming on. This was yes, fucking. This was a, a blast. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me. I, I hope we can uh, do this again sometime. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, and
3: like I said, definitely. I want you. Definitely want you to be on some of the stuff that we're doing for the record. So once and we're maybe once we can we're...
2: have a uh, part two of the podcast and kind of revamp some of these some of these old songs and maybe start some new ones and yeah, go forward fun. from there. and That would I'm, be awesome.
3: I'm totally down. I'm super down. All right. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Chris, thank you once again, sir. All
2: right. Thank you guys.